Hello, hockey fans. Welcome to episode number nine of the PhD podcast, emanating live here from Alpha Ice Complex, part of the PhD in the rink doubleheader. Of course, you saw me on Twitter. You were paying attention to the Peters Township and Central Catholic Vikings game. It was an intense eight-round shootout. Matt Geica brought you that live on our Facebook page, as he does for every Peters Township game. And 4-3 was the final there. Eight-round shootout won by Alex Wilbert. The fun stuff that we run into with Pittsburgh-based hockey. Of course, I am Brian Mitchell. You can call me Mitch. You can find me on Twitter at PhD underscore Mitch. You can find us on Twitter at PGH Hockey Digest on Instagram and, and Facebook under the same handle. So if you need to get a hold of us, let us know any of the news that you have coming out of the Pittsburgh region when it comes to hockey. We've got an action-packed show today. The Robert Morris men were back in action at the um, Colonial Arena at the Robert Morris Island Sports Center. It was a, an exhibition game against Brock. We'll talk about that. ACHA action with Ed Major had occurred. Uh, he's going to give you a little update on what's going on with club hockey. Uh, the RMU women went on the road with, to number one Clarkson up to Potsdam, New York. We're going to talk about how their weekend went. Uh, a couple uh, midget major updates for the, from the Penguins Elite and the Vengeance. And, of course, we had our in the rink for the PIHL and the week that was in the PIHL. But we're going to talk about that a little bit later. We're going to start on the island. Uh, Derek Schooley squad getting ready for the 2018-19 season in style. Welcome Brock University to the Colonials Arena. And it was a tough contest. There were definitely back and forth. Brock controlled the the intensity early on but they were able to rise and elevate to it and it ended up being a 4-2 final uh, two goals for Nick Perkusik and a I believe a goal by Alex Tonge was in there and the newcomer Justin Adamo who you'll be able to notice if you ever get a chance to attend a Robert Morris game because he is very hard to miss at 6'6", 225 uh, probably one of the largest players that I've ever seen play hockey in person at collegiate level. Uh, he's, from, of course, from France, one of the first European players to play for the Robert Morris program in their 15 years. And, you know, 11 new first-comers for the team, and it was definitely an interesting way to see how these guys would meld after only a couple practices. They only have one exhibition game to get ready for number 20 Bowling Green this weekend and it handled out well and actually we sat down and we talked to Gary Heeman uh, about how he felt about the game and there was a goal by Shaler and that's 2-0 Shaler as if you're following along yes I am live at Alpha Ice Complex and but anyway here is my chat with Gary Heeman after the game he brought up a couple good points about the new players uh, level intensity has risen a little bit on the island, and uh, they get they received a third play uh, a third ranking preseason poll for the Atlantic Hockey. So we'll see how it goes. Anyway, here is Gary Heeman. All right, we are live in the rink PhD podcast. I'm here with Gary Heeman, Gary he G Heeman USCHO on the Twitter. Gary, we just finished up the game. Robert Morris defeated Brock 4-2 here at the island. What are your immediate takeaways from that? 
I think it was just a today was a it was a good example of there were some goals coming in that we wanted to get looks at everybody else. And at, speaking for Coach Schooley, wanted to get looks at not only the freshmen but how well they were absorbing the the team concept and the philosophies and and what they like to do here. Now that's a lot to ask in just a couple of weeks of practice and one preseason game. But if this game is like a microcosm of how that learning has gone so far, so far so good for the most part for the Colonials. Um, you know, you look at the, the goaltending performance from Marat, didn't really see a lot of shots, but made routine saves when he had to. Um, you, know, you look at, you know, in, in breaking down this game, you're going to look at a power play that on paper went like, you know, a long time without scoring goals and a lot of opportunities without scoring goals and then cashed in when they needed to. They had a lot of good looks that you're not going to see on a stat sheet. Um, so that's a pleasing development there. Yeah, there was a five-minute major, a, a plus, actually five-plus-minute major. You never see seven those. Minutes. Seven I, minutes. Seven minutes. I yeah. came over and I asked you actually. <laughs> in the, end of the second period, there was an ejection at that point. Right. It was uh, Ryan Burton got thrown out. It was a an elbowing and five minutes for butt ending, butt ending. and an ejection in that game. <laughs> and uh, it was actually funny. I looked at you and I was like, "When is the last time that you saw a consecutive <laughs> seven-minute, you know, a minor major combination?" Right. And that was a. Uh, that's a new one to me. I've seen it before, but I couldn't remember when it was. It's been a long time, but um, point being, the Colonials you know failed up to put that puck in the net, and it, they were maybe I don't know, a little bit non-focused. I don't want to say lackadaisical because I saw the legs moving, but maybe a little bit non-focused during that thing, a little bit of overhandling. But when it needed to, though, there there were plenty of looks around. Um, I've got to you know, give just a little bit of a credit here to Mario Cavalier. Um, from Brock University, who was in net for them tonight. Um, did a pretty good job, actually. Acquitted himself well. This could have easily been about a 6 or a 7-2 win tonight. Yeah, the shots ended up being 48-18 at the final buzzer. And uh, Okay, so this next question's twofold for you, Gary. Sure. Uh, of the new players, these, these incoming freshmen, who, who stuck out to you? Who stood well, up? I think we have to start at the top, and that for us is, you know, you're going to be seeing this number and hearing this name a lot, number 21, Justin Adamo. Um, wow. Um, completely is as good as advertised, if today is any indication. Um, he was a presence out there, a presence on the power play, um, but not only with size, great and tremendous hands, too, and offensive awareness. Um, I'm going to be... I'm going to be really excited to see how his development tracks this season for sure. Um, you know, I, I think he uh, he really made a, a, a really good case for himself today um, to be a, a big part of whatever happens this year in a good way for the Colonials. Um, outside of that, I mean, everybody looks, you look at the defense and you look for that defenseman, you know, that, that plays that you don't really notice making a lot of mistakes. That's the one telltale of a defenseman, a defensive defenseman. And for me today, that, you know, I'm going to say a little bit of a Nolan Schaefer, a little bit of Brian. Uh, I'm sorry, Michellian. How are we pronouncing that name? We're going to have to get used to it, Mitch. McKellian. <laughs> McKellian. McKellian. Not, not Machiavellian, but McKellian. Uh, Matt Geica put together our uh, pronunciation <laughs> key for us, and McKellian. Thank you, Matt. That's what we're looking for. But um, number two, Brendan, um, it was uh, a really uh, a good a good job by him today and had some offensive presence, too. Um, I, I like his game a lot. Um, the other ones were just going to take time to develop, you know, what and time to track how they're doing game by game. Um, but immediately, I didn't see any glaring holes where we were missing assignments and pucks were just flying by people that weren't where they were supposed to be. And on the offensive side, you know, I, I saw some, you know, some decent moments out of Grant A. Bear, too, up top. So th those are sticking out to me right now as I go over everything and, and just, you know, kind of absorb the game a little bit and spit it back to you. Um, those are the, the players that were really, uh, you know, making – 
you know, a mark on my memory. Okay, and on the other side of that coin, the guys who returned this season, who's looked like they they really put on a little bit of an effort for this season. Maybe you see these younger players. You know, I'm going to say that's um that's Nick Prakusic, obviously with um with the goals today. Um, he, uh, it, it was almost like I expected it to happen, and it happened. Um, if you watched last season, um, you could see that he was sophomore years and going forward were probably going to be, you know, tremendous years. Um, you know, I, I, and he, I think he's going to fulfill that as long as he stays healthy this year to increase point totals every year. Um, he's a special player. He's got a nose for the net. He's got, you know, he doesn't shy away from physical contact. You know, he's, um, he's mm -hmm. a gamer. Um, I, I think that he's going to, you know, He's going to be a good power forward for you know the next three seasons here at RMU, um, and I think today was just a, a continuation of the things, the good things he had done last year. Um, you look at other fact, other players that have stepped up. Um, Michael Loria, I want to say, I mean, he, he was impressive last year, um, you know, and I think that he might be able to, to get a little bit better this year. Maybe he looks he looks slippery, he looks fast on the skates, uh, his awareness looks really good. Um, so I, he's going to be a big part of the mix in terms of what this team has to make up for what they lost in offense and goals over the course of graduation and, and off-season changes this year. Um, you know, some goals have come out of the lineup and you know, created some spaces for some more goals to be scored, and I think he's going to step up and assume some of that that was lost. All right, and you also have to realize that you did not have uh, Eric Israel in the lineup tonight. So this lineup's going to look, especially on that back end, is going to look a whole lot different, especially with that puck moving ability and his shot from the point. Absolutely, um, you know that's going to affect the power play when he gets in there. Um, that's going to that really will reset the defense. But it was great to see, you know, the the one the seven that we had today. We had an extra defenseman dressed today in the in the way of Jeff Lawson, who kind of shuffled into the other three pairs. Um, I have to say, looking at that defense, Sean Giles actually. Now that I'm thinking more about it. Looked like he had some good moments today too. I remember seeing, um, you know, just some some you know, stick on ice moments where he was really taking care of what he needed to take care of. Um, yeah, overall, I, I think when you know Israel does come back, you're looking at of course the potency and the the smooth skating and the offensive awareness that he brings to a back line presence. But you know, the the one thing about it is he's got like that little chip. You know, I've I've seen him play physical before for not a huge stature guy. And that's the one under part, underrated part of his game I always felt was he wasn't like a layoff, me, don't touch me, just let me skate like maybe a Paul Coffey was. He can actually get, get on there and get nasty with you, too, if he had to. Um, is he, he doesn't really mind it. That, that kind of helps round out what, what he means to the team, and, and him being in there will make a difference, I feel. I think that actually is going to lead me into my next question very nicely. And I looked at this team today, and Brock wasn't a pushover. That was a really physical game out there. They brought it. They made them earn every inch of ice out there. Uh, when's the last time you saw a team that was all a uh, rubber Morse team that was this all around physical and gritty? Physical and gritty. Um, well, a couple of years ago, I think. Um, not perhaps not last year, but um, two years ago, we had a team that was similar. We had a uh, Rob Man and Bonche both. Um, <laughs> as you know, those monuments at the back. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and in terms of forwards, you know, you look at people like Luke Lynch. It's been a few years since I've seen one that completely was. Um, you know, a, a team that uh, brought more, they've been able to match what the other team had brought, but never more than that some years. Um, this year they might be a team that can bring more than they're matched with and then some. And it's a bigger team. It's going to be a look from the looks of today 
and what we expect, a more physical team this year, and I think that's going to be a good thing. Um, you're not going to be able to grind these guys down in the third period and take over a game as, you know, as easily as you might think you'd be able to. Um, I think they're, they're built a different way with this, complete, with this um, class that is coming in. I think you're looking at this, and, you know, one of the big things about Derek Schooley is he always likes to make sure he plays the best players no matter what, the players right. that, are, that are playing best, practicing the best, being able to get there. It's going to be interesting to see who's going to make the lineup this year because I'm looking at this, and I see at least 14 forwards that can be in the lineup any given night. <laughs> so Absolutely. 15 possibly. Uh, yep. You know, you look at we started uh, 15 skaters up front on the forward lines today, had an extra defenseman. And, you know, we're going to take four of those guys that we saw today, and they will not it's be playing. It's actually going to be five of them That's whenever right. you consider Eric Israel coming back. So, so when you look at that, I mean, it, there are some interesting choices. And I want to see how the line, if, if the lines don't fluctuate a little bit going forward. You know, Coach Schooley's got to take the information and break it down from this one. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the week of practice and see if, you know, how he wants to play whom where and mm -hmm. for how long. And I'm looking at you know, our lineup right now. I'm looking at the, the, the lines as we see them. And there might be room for a, a couple changes coming. Um, you know, and, and it's Coach Schooley and the program have never been afraid to, to switch when they needed to. Mm -hmm. um, nothing is set in stone. And um, you know, I, I think there could be some. Um, I don't think what we looked at today is exactly what we're looking at going into oh, Bowling no, Green. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, having said that, where they go up and down is beyond me. <laughs> I am not a coach. So, but um, yeah, I I definitely think you're gonna find ways to try to get you know Justin Adamo into the line, you know, into the lineup and get the ice time that you know could help you, um, and Percusic as well, um, you know, and you know I I want to look at Jacob Coleman this year too. He's got a lot of speed that could probably match up maybe on another line with um with bigger forwards, mm -hmm. you know, it could be that speedy guy that's always first in the puck and working hard in the corners, um, you know, and you can but you know. Brandon Watt will play into that too, where he's you know got a lot of grit to his game, mm -hmm. um, and can be moved up or down. It, it's gonna be fun yeah. to watch and see where it all shakes out. You've but, got um, a lot of moving parts here, and I mean, yeah. I, you even saw Luke Lynch take quite a number of faceoffs today. So I mean, you know, absolutely, he's starting to move into that role as a center, possibly down the road if they decide to go that way. This is definitely the time you look at that, and it is. It's uh, definitely something to be excited about with the dynamic that this team's taking and the. Uh, level of intensity and the skill that they players that are just coming in. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out this year. Uh, once again, thank you again, Gary, for coming on. Not a problem. Uh, we will talk to Gary all season long here with Robert Morris, Colonial Men's Hockey. You can follow him at USCHO, or you can follow anywhere on BergHockey.com. I am Brian Mitchell. We will be right back. Be able to get your first chance to see the Robert Morris Colonials in regular season action this Friday, 7.05, Colonials Arena at the RMU Island Sports Center. Uh, it will be Bowling Green, number 20 in the nation. So you get a ranked team right out of the gate. So it'll make it for an interesting uh, dynamic to see how that team melds after one game. They'll play uh, Bowling Green on Friday and then head to Bowling Green and won't play again until Sunday. They'll be on the road, so it's a split game, split series on the road on Sunday at four o'clock. We've got a couple people that I know are going. I'm not sure if I'm going to make the trip yet. I will let everybody know once we get a little bit closer. But definitely going to be one of those things I have to be alert for and keep an eye on those Colonials because they looked really good at the island on 
on Sunday. Uh, a couple news and notes from, of course, Derek Scully's squad. Uh, Francis Murat was placed on the Mike Richter watch list for uh, superior goaltenders and collegiates. So check that out. Um, a couple alumna updates. Uh, Cody Wido is uh, second in league scoring overseas. Of course, these are all courtesy of uh, our friend and colleague, Matt Mamros, one of my alumni uh, regulars. So he is definitely helping us out a lot. And uh, former Colonial defender, John Ray, uh, he's hung up the... Uh, the playing skates, he's uh, becoming an official. Hopefully, we talked to Andrew Wisniewski, he might have something about that in the near future for us. So, we're going to move along here. We're going to talk, we're actually shake things up a little bit. We're going to move into the ACHA. I get, don't get to talk about them very often, but uh, Ed Major is going to feed me a little bit of information. Maybe we'll have him on once or twice to talk about it. Um, your ACHA, your club hockey teams, and you, they don't get the credit that they deserve. Sometimes the hockey is, I'm not some. The hockey is really good. I've been able to watch a couple of those games, and it's definitely something you have a chance to check out. It's it's good hockey. Go down and check it out. They play at sometimes Colonials Rink. They'll play at the uh, the uh, Olympic Rink down at RMU. They play up here at Alpha. That's where Duquesne Pitt play up here. Uh, come and check it out and see what it's about. But um, just give me a little news and notes from there from uh, from Ed Major the second. Duquesne opened the season 2-0. They, they have defeated those RMU Colonial Club team 8-3. Uh, of course, the uh, Pitt women gained a win after starting 0-4. Uh, they won this past weekend. Uh, the Pitt men split series with number two Al 22 Alabama and number 18 Kent State. Uh, there's an outside possibility of them actually being ranked coming up. So uh, the ACHA is definitely in full swing. Come and check it out. Chatham. Uh, of course, our Division Three NCAA is probably going to get started here soon if it hasn't started already. Uh, they are moved up to the Pittsburgh Ice Arena. I wanted to mention that last podcast if I didn't get a chance to. Uh, the, uh, the Chatham women who have played at Alpha for the entire time are going to split their season between Pittsburgh Ice Arena and Frozen Pond. Uh, the men will play out of Frozen Pond. Of course, I was there last night. We'll talk about that in a second. But, yeah, that was our ACHA recap. The uh, ACHA, of course, upcoming. Just so everybody's aware, if anybody wants to check them out, the ACHA, it will be, get the schedule out here. Alan Saunders does a wonderful job keeping me updated. The club hockey, Robert Morris will head to West Virginia on Friday. On Saturday, it will be Duquesne. I'm sorry, that's on Friday. Uh, on Friday, Duquesne will be at IUP. Cornell will be at Slippery Rock and Pitt will be at Buffalo on Saturday. It will be IUP at Robert Morris at 620 at the island. Cornell at Slippery Rock, I believe they play out of 66, UPMC 66. West Virginia will head up to Duquesne for a 9.30 matchup here at Alpha, and Pitt will be at Niagara for that. So check that out and Definitely something to keep an eye on with those ACHA club hockey teams. There's more hockey than just the Penguins, PIHL, Division One, Midget Major, you name it. We still have more layers to it we haven't even discussed yet, guys. And so anyway, we look at it again. We move along, and we're going to get into the Robert Morris women. Uh, big 
weekend for Paul Colantino's squad heading up to Potsdam, New York to face number one Clarkson after a big weekend against St. Lawrence. Uh, the intensity was hot. The, they were really high on how well they played, but they knew they had a little bit of work to do after uh, Paul's words during the postgame. And Coach definitely brought up a couple points. It's definitely going to see the uh, measuring stick of this team when you go up and face a team with the intensity and the uh, the build of the Clarkson Golden Knights. And, well, they didn't disappoint. <laughs> they went up to Clarkson, and they got swept. Don't get them wrong, but they were in both games. They lost, they lost the first one, I believe. They lost that first game 4-2. Uh, they were in it the whole way. They actually led the game early on. And then in the second game, they spotted the Clarkson Golden Knights four goals. Uh, were able to come back all the way to 4-3 uh, and in the waning seconds weren't able to put it away. But you look at that effort that they put in this past weekend and you have to think, you know, there, there's still a lot to be excited about whenever they come back next weekend. Uh, you can't always expect to go into number one and have upsets every week. You're going to have growing pains, especially with a young team like they have this year, uh, graduating a lot of key faces. And the, But the returners are also, you know, a solid group of players. You're talking about players like J.C. Gebhardt, who's now currently number five in the nation in scoring. Uh, which, of course, after two weekends, doesn't mean a lot, but at the same time, you have to consider you've know, you got to stay with the pace of the top players in the leagues. And then you have uh, defenders like Kirsten Welsh and Maggie Legue who shore up a defense that is a very young, young at this time. But you look at that and then you gotta realize, you know, this team is young. They have a big graduating class this year, six players, but they're gonna definitely have to, uh, they got a quality group coming in. So we'll see how that plays out. And this experience is definitely gonna work out well for them. Uh, they will have RPI this weekend. Both games will be at 3.05 at Colonials Arena. Part, first part of a doubleheader on Friday and then have the ice to themselves on Saturday night. Uh, so get out and watch the women play this weekend. We're going to move on to Midget Major real fast. We're going to talk about Penn's Elite. We're going to talk about uh, Pittsburgh Vengeance. I have a couple updates from their games this past weekend. Of course, the Pittsburgh Penguins elite. They swept the Cleveland Barons five and five to four and five to two at UPMC Lemieux Sports Complex this past weekend. They are now twelve and two on the season. Uh, the, the Pittsburgh Vengeance out of, of course, the Alpha Ice Complex where I am. This is emanating from today. They want. They were able to get a win over Toledo, a loss to Metro, and then another win over Metro this past weekend. So. It's good to see that these teams are out there competing. I'm having a hard time getting updates on a couple of them, but we'll try to get you updated the best that we can. Well, we're going to go right across the line, and we're going to talk a little bit of PIHL. I'm going to lead off with a little bit of uh, something that I've noticed. And, you know, we talk about these preseason tournaments, and we talk about how, you know, they might spark your preseason, you know, your regular season early on and such. I'm just going to come out and say it. I was a little bit concerned whenever I saw the numbers that play teams were putting up on the Montour Spartans. And they gave up almost 40 goals throughout the entire 
tor the uh, preseason tournament uh, here at the Alpha Ice Complex, the St. Margaret tournament. And then they went and played a 12-2 loss to the these West, a West Allegheny Indians at the Travis Mannion Foundation game right afterwards. I mean, you don't put too much like weight into it. And you know, I talked to Coach Shell after the uh, after that game, and he, you know, he, he alluded to a young team, a couple people, you know, some returners, but there's a couple things that we, you know, that they wanted to work on. I guess he worked on them because they went out and they defeated a Fox Chapel. And then this past Monday, they put a 6-3 marker on those same West A Indians. And that's funny because we were, I actually, after the Robert Morris game on Sunday, they came out for practice and I had just been working on my work that I had built up for the Robert Morris game. And I was able to have a little chat with the coach and he mentioned, you know, Clay was just basically, oh, you know, we worked on a couple things. Uh, we weren't exactly excited about our effort during that Travis Mannion game. Uh, we wanted another shot at West Allegheny, and I was, I'm kind of excited for Monday night. He was more a little upset I wasn't going to be able to make it Monday night. I had coverage up at Frozen Pond. I'll talk about that in a little bit. But, uh, yeah, he was ta talking about, uh, you know, they wanted another shot at West Allegheny to see how they stacked up, and lo and behold, 6-3 to three final. You're... Montour Spartans are 2-0 and oh in single-A North right now. That is an interesting dynamic once you look at it and definitely one that I didn't expect. And hats off to the Montour Spartans for being able to come out and be able to put that type of a number up pretty quick. So congratulations, Montour. So we'll move along. Uh, of course... We were in the rink this past week. At I was at the Frozen Pond up in Richland Township. I was able to take in Deer Lakes and Swickley. Of course, if you listen to the first couple initial, ooh, that, and I'm currently, like I said, watching Quaker Valley Shaler. Big block, big save in front of Rice. Great, great action here right now. Uh, Shaler's up 2-1 as the time goes. Anyway. We look at back at this, and I was at it was in the rink yesterday. Of course, that was Monday. Deer Lakes and Swickley. Uh, a couple things to note: it the uh, Swickley Deer Lakes game. Uh, there's a team right behind Montour in that effort. It is Deer Lakes. Of course, you look at the standings right now as I'm recording. It looks like De it's Montour up to two and zero. Oh, they're leading alone right now in that conference. Of four points. They have 15 goals scored and only five against. Now, the one team right behind them in goals scored, of course, is Deer Lakes. They have scored 13 on the season, including this game. So we're going to talk a little bit about the Deer Lakes game I attended yesterday. Deer Lakes, of course, losing 5-4 to four to Swickley Academy. Swickley Academy was able to jump out to a monster lead early. Deer Lakes looked like they were outmatched, but it, towards the third period, it was... Shane Miller and, a, and his gang of Lancers that were able to come back and give the Lancers a 5-4 deficit. And unfortunately, time was not on their side late in the game, weren't able to pull it off. Swickley was able to capitalize, get their first win of the season. Uh, I believe that was, I'm gonna continue to mispronounce his name, so I'm just gonna call him Nick Hattie. 
Nick Hattie, of course, because he scored a hat trick in that game. It's going to be sound corny, but how he, I, I don't want to mispronounce the gentleman's name there. Um, <laughs> I'm very bad at that. I'm a trivia host, and that's the first thing I warn everybody is my mispronunciations are amazing. I don't even know why they gave me a podcast, to be honest with you. But we'll continue along this way. Um, and then you look at Christian Long. You know, he had a great game. I mean, other than giving up the hat trick for to uh, Matty Hattie, he was able to uh, hold them back for the most part. So um, Deer Lakes looked very impressive in the matter. They were able to uh, capitalize on every opportunity that they had that they were given by Swickley, which weren't many. But, you know, they're both, they're both going in the week three at one and one. And something to look at once again in that tr single A North that we're talking about so far. A um, couple notes that I'm looking at now from that following game was Mars, 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 Mars. We were stripped of the opportunity to see Mars and Pine Richland face off in the St. Margaret tournament by Aaron Miller and his shootout goal in that semifinal game here at Alpha on the, the world rink. Um, but I'll tell you what, if there's one team that looks like they might be able to stack up with the Pine Richland Rams right now, it's going to be the Mars Planets, and they looked unreal. And before, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to see that until February 11th, and that will be at that Frozen Pond Arena home game for Mars. Who knows what's going to happen between now and then. But it's going to be an interesting dynamic to watch these Mars planets play this season. Uh, they just looked strong. I mean, I I hate to like gloat about a team. I, I don't like to do it because it doesn't look great for me as you know somebody who's trying to cover this. But Mars looked really good last night. And that was Monday night, of course, at Frozen Pond, the second back half of our doubleheader. They're 2-0, and 11 goals for, three goals against. Pine Richland right now, 1-0, 11 goals for, one goal against. So uh, Pine Richland, of course, game was not in division. So it's going to be, you know, that was a Pentra. That was 11-1 over Pentra. They're going to play on Thursday this week. Um, another couple games that I was, that I've, Wanted to follow along with, we talked to, uh, we had uh, Ed Major went out to Ice Castle on Monday and covered the game against, uh, between the, sorry, the games between Upper St. Clair and Plum and game of Thomas Jefferson and South Park, of course, uh, Upper St. Clair coming in after last year's sneaking into the playoffs after whatever happened at Hampton. I don't want to elaborate on what's going on there. But they were able to sneak in the postseason. Unfortunately, ran into, had to, they had the consolation of having to play those Armstrong Red Hawks and <laughs> so the Armstrong River, River Hawks, and it was not a fun time there. But they were able to make the postseason, so that was a plus. They come into this season. Uh, Plum, of course, coming back from AAA, uh, graduating quite a few number of seniors. It looks like a newer team out there on the on the ice for the Mustangs, but. Upper St. Clair was able to take them to a 10-6 final. That seemed like it was back and forth by the way Ed Major was promoting it. Uh, 
great crowds out there. I, and I'll, I always mention during Mitch's challenge, do not get arrested. That's unbecoming. It's not cool. And unfortunately, what a move. I had just had a move here by Shaler, their captain. This season just made a nice little inside-outside move to get a shot on net. Rice was able to make the save and catch it. But definitely a nice little move by Stadur. So, Stadur. Uh, like I said, pronunciation's terrible. We'll get you there, don't worry. Um, anyway, able to get there and watch him play. And don't get arrested, guys. It's unbecoming. It's not cool. And apparently one gentleman had to be escorted out of the rink, but that's not the hockey we're talking about. We're going to talk about the hockey. Um, Upper St. Clair, strong again on the puck. And definitely one of those teams you have to look for in AA, uh, the south and east. So we'll pay attention to them and see how it plays out. Um, and then that second game, Thomas Jefferson on fire. Uh, two games in. TJ is, I believe they are 2-0 in the Southwest Conference. 2-0, 16 goals for, one goal against. Uh, they're tied with South Fayette, who also is two games won with 10 goals for and one goal against so far. That goal differential is going to be coming handy later for you guys, but I know it's early. We'll talk, we'll go over these standings a little bit later. We're Probably not going to talk about it too much this early in the season, but when we get down to those playoff races, we'll definitely start talking about who's standing where, how, how everybody's looking, and definitely one of those situations that we need to uh, look at and discuss. Um, I'm going to go down and we're going to talk about the games that are have been played and we're talk about the games that are upcoming, anything that's important, anything of note. So we're going to start in Triple A. Your previously played games right now, as we stand this past week, the, the week that was North Allegheny uh, was able to win over, get a win over Mount Lebanon, six-one. Uh, Mount Lebanon up to an zero-two start in Triple A. Of course, that big loss to the Pittsburgh Central Catholic Vikings last week. Uh, it's an interesting way to see the see the uh, Vikings struggle a little bit, but they'll make their way back around. I'm not too concerned about it. They'll be fine. Seneca Valley and uh, was able to shut out Erie Cathedral Prep yesterday. One nothing. It looks like the uh, the Raiders are going to definitely be back to that defensive mind that they mindset they had last season that won them that Triple A championship. Um, this previous game, you saw you heard of Mike Matt Geica on the call. Peters Township and. Pittsburgh Central Catholic. It was four to three. The Pittsburgh Central Catholic, the uh, sorry, the Peters Township uh, Indians were able to defeat them in an eight-round shootout. Uh, that game was an interesting one. I was also here in the rink, of course. We're recording right now, but um, let's talk a little bit about that game. Should have thrown that in earlier, but like I said, we're still in only the ninth podcast, so I think I should have figured it out by now, but I haven't. So we'll play with it. Ooh, nice little backhand there by Stadauer. Um, so let's talk about that game a little bit. It opened up pretty strong, back and forth. It was 0-0 after one. I'm sorry, it was one. Yeah, it was 0-0 after one. Uh, defensive battle, but the offenses were shining early. Uh, it was a forced defensive battle in a way. Uh, Peters Township, of course, were graduating, I believe, it was 16 seniors last season. So pay attention. You know, they're 
being a, kind of a rebuilding, but they have a good developmental program down there to get them where they need to be. Uh -oh. And then uh, the Central Catholic Vikings had a down year last year. It seemed like they're back up and ready to play this year. They were head-to-head. -head. It was a very even game. Uh, Peters Township took the lead 1-0 early on a goal by Anthos. Uh, Pittsburgh Central Catholic, by the end of the period, had cashed in and was able to make it 1-1. Then we went into the third Central Catholic. Got a quick lead back, but only six seconds later before Peters was able to, to tie things up. A little bit later in the period, Pittsburgh Central Catholic <laughs> was able to get the lead very late, only to have Peters come back and win it. To, to tie things up late. And then we had an eight-round shootout. Of course, you follow me on Twitter, you'll know exactly what happened there. But an eight-round shootout ended with uh, with one of the Wilberts scoring the game-winning goal in the shootout at in the eighth round. So Peters Township is able to go to 2-0 and in Triple A, and Pittsburgh Central Catholic drops to 1-1. Uh, we're going to drop down to, that was all the, well, there's one more game going on right now. It is, I believe it is uh, Bethel Park and Cannon McMillan. It was a, if I could find the, find you a scoreboard real fast. There's the new PIHL website's a little bit, to get, something to get used to. Cannon, McMillan, and Bethel Park. I have no stats for that. There's nothing updated on that one, so I will not have a, a score as of this broadcast. Double A. I look at Mars defeating Armstrong 6-3 in their first game of the season. And then USC 10-6 over Plum. We spoke about that earlier. Latrobe getting their win of the season over Franklin Regional. Penn Trafford, Penn Trafford defeating Baldwin 6-3 after that 11-1 loss to Pine Ridge on the last week. Uh, good to see the, the Warriors getting a couple on the board there. Uh, Mars, then, of course, the big win over Hampton, 5-0 last night. And Quaker Valley and Shaler, well, I could tell you they're in progress, and I could tell you Shaler just scored to make it 3-1. If you can't tell by the sounds on the outside, it was, I believe that was Sarah who just was able to tip one over the goaltender. And it is 3-1 Titans over the Quakers as we speak right now. Ironic that I'm able to get you that update. Live scoring here at on the PhD podcast when we do it live in the rink. Uh, single A, we're looking at Deer Lakes defeating Beaver in their season opener, 9-7 at Brady's Run. Westmont Hilltop was able to defeat Indiana 4-2. Freeport over Blackhawk 4-1. Norwin defeated Greensburg-Salem 9-4. Sewickley over Deer Lakes 5-4. North Hills over Freeport 4-1. South Fayette over Wheeling Catholic 6-1. TJ, of course, defeating South Park 5-0. Montour over West Allegheny 6-3. We spoke of that earlier. And I need to get an updated score on that Kiski Westmont Hilltop. The Kiski Westmont Hilltop game should have an update. It's three-one final for the Westmont for the Hilltoppers. The Hilltoppers will start the season two and zero. Oh. Uh, that is the final game in Single A. D two. It's a little bit of the same 
nothing really changes, right? Got new teams, however, in that conference. The Carrick team from Carrick gets a 4-3 victory over Morgantown. Ringgold, 6-3 over Bishop Canavan. A returning Bishop Canavan, of course. Central Valley over McDowell, 6-1. Shannock shuts out Bishop Canavan, 3-0. Burl, the Bucks get back on the board against Morgantown, 7-3. Connellsville lost to Ringgold, 3-2 in overtime down at Hockeyville at the Ross Straver Ice Garden. They had a big triple header here there today. Cal U is hockey is playing now, I believe. And Carrick and McDowell, they are scheduled today. They do not have a score coming from Erie. So when we have an update, we will let you know. Um, upcoming games for the week. We're going to start with the games in, of course, D2. We're going to work our way back. On Monday, McDowell will head to Frozen Pond to play Knock. Connellsville hosts Morgantown on Tuesday. Also on Tuesday at 9 p.m. At, at South Point, it will be Burl at Trinity. In single A action on Thursday, Meadville will head to Brady's Run to face Blackhawk. The other half of that doubleheader will be Fox Chapel and Beaver. Norwin will host, will, will head to Greensburg, Kirk Nevin Arena in Greensburg, Salem on Monday. Montour will stay in-house and play North Hills at Colonial Arena at Robert Morris Island Sports Center. South Park in South Fayette will tangle at the Ice Castle on Monday. Wheeling Catholic will go to Mount Lebanon to play Chartiers Valley, 9-10 on Monday. Westmont Hilltop, Bishop McCourt. McCourt opens their season at 7:15 at the War Memorial. Meadville will head to Alpha here, of course, to play Fox Chapel on Tuesday. That is in double-A. I will be in the rink this Thursday. Moon heads to Kirk Nevin Arena to play face the Hempfield Spartans, 7-15. Thursday also, Armstrong, Pine Richland, Barrel, 9-10. Hampton, Franklin Regional will play on Monday at Center Ice Arena. Greater Latrobe will face Upper St. Clair at Ice Castle. Also on Monday at 7 o'clock. Armstrong, Quaker Valley at Barrel on Monday, 7 o'clock. Hempfield, Penn Trafford, Monday, Center Ice Arena. Baldwin, Plum, Monday at Pittsburgh Ice Arena at 9 p.m. Moon, Pine Richland at 9 p.m. at Barrel on Monday. Tuesday, Mars will head down to this Alpha Ice a complex place, Shaler. AAA won't be in action until next Monday when Seneca Valley heads to Mount Lebanon to face the Blue Devils at the Mount Lebanon Rec Center. Central Catholic goes to Butler and Frozen Pond Arena. 7-10's a start there. North Allegheny at Peters Township next Tuesday. That will be at the Princecape Arena at South Point. Of course, Mitch's challenge is in effect for all of those games that we are going to be attending. We haven't announced where we're going to be in the next week yet. I will do that in a couple minutes. However, just to let you know, we're still looking for the Bardownski Player of the Month and the, Bar and the Bro Zone Goaltender of the Month. And you're talking about the Player of the Month winning a T-shirt, a $25 gift certificate, and... A 2,000, holy moly, what a goal. 
falling down. I believe that was Sarah again. It is 4-2 Titans right now with about 2.47 left in the second. Big goal by Sarah. Oh, I apologize. Those two goals were by Baginski. Baginski got those two goals. Nice job. Good effort there. Falling down was able to throw the puck into the top corner of the net. Just a little bit of live play-by-play. -play. They're lining up with the faceoff. But uh, anyway, we're looking for those players of the month. And that's the type of effort that you would need to win it. That, of course, would win a $25 gift certificate to Bardownski, a PhD t-shirt. And your team will be the in-the-rink coverage for that next week because we have to give you that stuff somehow, am I right? And the BroZone Goalie of the Month will receive one month's free cleaning of BroZone oxygen cleaning for their equipment. Of course, you know that stank. There's no stank like hockey stank. And you definitely need to get that taken care of in what better way than two within a month of BroZone. So... See how that plays out with you guys. See how the best goaltender gets that. They will also receive a t-shirt from Pittsburgh Hockey Digest and an in-the-rink coverage so that they can get their prizes from us. I'll be taking care of their team. Maybe a podcast recording. Maybe not. Who knows how it'll play out with us. Um, anyway, speaking of those in-the-rink coverage that we have for this week, we're going to start it out on Thursday. I will be at Kirk Nevin Arena for the for the uh, Hempfield Spartans hosting the Moon Tigers this weekend on Friday. I it will be Parker Hurley making a quick return for once. We got him away from doing his things, whatever else he's up on with his football. He is going to cover the 3:05 game between the Robert Morris women and RPI in. The second half of that doubleheader, I will be at the Colonial Arena with Gary Heeman, and we will be bringing you Robert Moore's men's coverage from when they face Bowling Green, 7.05 at the Island. Saturday, I will be at the Island Sports Center once again for the 3.05 game for the Robert Morris Colonial women. On Sunday, we don't know who's going to go. We might send somebody out to Bowling Green. We haven't decided yet. We can't be committal to it because we don't know. But there will be a game at Bowling Green. I'm fairly certain with as much, also as much ACHA actions going on this weekend, Ed Major will be somewhere around the rink there. Uh, good luck to find him. Then Monday, we'll be back to our in-the-rink coverage. I'll make sure where I am. I am going to be waiting until Friday night. Of course, Friday afternoon, Robert Morris Colonial Women will host RPI. We're going to bring a blast from the past back. We're going to bring Parker Hurley into the rink for you. He's going to be taking care of you guys during that game. Unfortunately, I worked during the day, and I can't make it to all the games on the other side of the of the uh, city. So we'll see how that plays out there. Parker Hurley, I'll meet with him afterwards. Maybe we'll talk a little bit and see what's going on with his life. Uh, of course, he was our women's coverage our first season. Uh, big football guy, and appreciate him coming on and helping us out. Uh, I will be in the rink on Friday night with Gary Heeman. Robert Morris Colonial Men's Hockey starts up the regular season number 20, Bowling Green, 705 at Colonial's Arena. Uh, tickets still available if you want to go check out the new squad. 
that Derek Scully has conjured up this year. The second day will be Saturday. I will be at 3.05, and that will be the Rob Morris Colonial Women finishing up their series with RPI. I will be in the rink that weekend, that day. Pictures, maybe podcasts. We'll talk a little bit of Pictionary. Who knows? We're going to have some fun there on Saturday. Sunday, the Robert Morris men are in Bowling Green. We haven't exactly decided if we're going to be sending anybody yet. We will let you know. We would love to have somebody out there. It might be me. It might be somebody else. I think Andrew Wisniewski is heading out that way, but I don't think he's going officially, so we'll see how that plays out. Um, Monday, back to high school in the rink coverage. I will be at Center Ice Arena. It will be Franklin Regional and Hampton facing off at 6 p.m., and following right afterwards it'll be Penn Trafford and Hempfield Ooh, I love the rivalry game I told you I've noted it before Alan Saunders and myself our alma maters facing off we like to have a good time with that so that's definitely a game I want to look at and see what's going on there um, Ed Major will be at Ice Castle once again for Upper St. Clair and Latrobe and at 7 p.m., and that will be South Park and South Fayette at 9 p.m. Uh, be sure to check out his major focus coverage of PIHL hockey along with my Mitch's picks and everything else that we can bring to you in due form and short order that we can do. Um, I'm not going to be able to bring you the final for any of the games that haven't been played yet, so... We're going to be set. We're going to cut it short now. I'm trying to keep these things under an hour. So a lot of people talked about, you know, they're a little long, so let's keep it headlines only. I like to have a good time, but at the same time, I want to make sure you guys get all the information that you need. So with that being said, for Matt Geica, who did a great job leading me in, of course, check out his Peters Township coverage on our Facebook page every time Peters Township plays. Uh, wonderful job by Matt. And... I can't wait to see what he what he does next. He's doing a great job with that. Um, bring those student sections out. Become the Bros Zone Goalie of the Month. Becomes the Bardowski Player of the Month. We'll decide that at the end of the month. Uh, for Ed Major, for the entire team at Pittsburgh Hockey Digest, I am Brian Mitchell, and I will see you in the rink. Take care, guys. <laughs>